Al Jazeera podcast. Are Moscow and Pyongyang forming a new alliance? We'll look at Kim Jong-un's visit to Russia. What sort of new era is emerging in relations? What will it mean for the war in Ukraine? And should the West be worried? I'm Sami Zaydan. You're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help define major global stories. Let's bring our guests in now. We have joining us from Seoul, Andrei Lankov, director of the North Korea-focused news site NK News. In Washington, Jenny Town, a senior fellow at the security-focused American think tank The Stimson Center. And in Moscow, Andrei Baklanov, vice president of the Association of Russian Diplomats. A warm welcome to you all. If I could start then with Jenny. So, Jenny... What has brought these two leaders together? What's prompted this visit now? Well, this is a relationship that has been deepening for a couple of years now, especially since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Um, the idea that, you know, there have already been rumors of cooperation, um, of potential arms transfers from North Korea to Russia. I think part of the reason why we see an actual summit now uh, may be because North Korea is just opening from COVID. It's, his, uh, it's Kim Jong-un's first time out of the country since the lockdown in January 2020. Um, but it's also coming on the heels of um, trilateral summit between the U.S., South Korea, and Japan. So there may be some of this political signaling going on as well, where if, you know, the, the U.S. and its allies are going to have these high-level political meetings talking about their deepening relationship, so is the other side of that equation. Deepening relationship. Let's go over to Seoul, Andrei Lankov. When we talk about deepening relationship, what does it break down to? There have been claims that North Korea wants everything from grain to help with satellite technology, ballistic technology, maybe even submarine technology. What do you make of it? They want everything, as long as it's free of charge. It's a major problem. North Koreans are not known as a nation which is very willing to pay the bills. And they're quite poor. So the good question is not what they want. They want everything as much as possible, but what they are going to get. And of course, in this case, Russia is in driving seat and it, it's, Russia will decide what it's going to sell and for which price. All right, let's bring in perspective from Moscow. We have Andrei Baklanov there. So Andrei, what does Russia need from North Korea? It's been reported in Western circles that Russia simply needs some more artillery rounds, some more bits and pieces for that war in Ukraine. Well, uh, I do not think that uh, Ukrainian angle is uh, the main, uh, you know, point of interest uh, now. Uh, we are much more interesting uh, in Far Eastern situation and uh, it seems to be, and uh, this is the point of view of some of our experts, they think that uh, uh, in the period to come, uh, uh, North Korea can play uh, a role which Cuba played in uh, 1962 uh, in, uh, in the struggle uh, between uh, Moscow and Washington. So uh, mainly uh, what is happening now deals with the Far Eastern situation and global situation as a whole. Uh, this uh, contradiction between uh, 
two military superpowers and the new role that North Korea can play in uh, this, uh, uh, this uh, you know, situation. So, I mean, what do you make of those claims? Can North Korea play a significant role? Do you expect North Korea will be providing Russia with armaments and weapons? Well, everybody's speaking about providing uh, our view the... Uh, some armaments and uh, missiles um, uh, made in uh, North Korea. It's uh, irrelevant for, for us because we do not need uh, this kind of help. Uh, as I told you, much more significant for us uh, to make the United States feel danger, additional danger from the territory of North Korea, exactly like it was in 1962, as I told you, when Cuba uh, was uh, our main agent, which uh, gave this feeling to the United States of America. And uh, it was very important issue. And now we also at uh, the, uh, the, uh, the point where we need to add something additional uh, to our, uh, to our uh, you know, uh, stance against the United States of America. And this additional element can be a new kind of, uh, uh, of danger uh, which constitutes uh, the North uh, Korea. Okay, Jenny, do you agree with that, that this trip isn't necessarily about exchanging military hardware? It's simply a reminder to the West that, hey, don't forget, we have the North Korea card that we can activate. Well, I don't think it's either or. I think it's both. Um, I, I do think there there has been expressions of need on the Russian side for um, additional artillery and munitions, and it is something that the North Koreans can provide um, in in systems that are already compatible with Soviet with Russian systems. Um, will it be game changing in Russia's war in Ukraine? No, of course not. Um, but it can help prolong um, war fighting efforts. Um, but I, I agree with Andre that you know this is this is a larger game that's being played here, um, and we are really seeing the reformation of these ideological blocks and security blocks. So you have the U.S.-led security block um, with U.S., South Korea, Japan deepening relations with South Korea, Japan's deepening relations with NATO, um, and then now you also have real deepening uh, cooperation and a greater sense of collective security going on between Russia, China, and North Korea, and North Korea playing a really important role as an important security partner to both of them in this sort of block-on-block -block, um, competition. And so North Korea does have higher political value and security value now than it did a few years ago, um, and I think we will see more of this play out um, from cooperation both with Russia and China. All right, let's go to Seoul again, get the perspective of Andrei Lankov there. So ultimately, what would the transfer of Russian hardware mean for North Korea? Is North Korea on the verge of a technological leap when it comes to satellites and rockets? Well, uh, when it comes to rockets, to missiles, they are remarkably successful, and they have already made a technological leap around 2017, when they successfully developed their first intercontinental ballistic missile. Talking about the Russian transfer, I would probably disagree with both Andre and Jenny. I sort of expect that no transfer of the Russian technology is going to happen. Exactly because. Why do you expect that, Andre? Because I don't see what Russia will take from it. 
Uh, because it's what, uh, what nice about the theory, say, Andre, of it will... Russia gets artillery rounds? It's exactly. Uh, artillery rounds will come, but you know how many artillery rounds North Korea should ship to Russia to pay for some kind of sophisticated missile technology. And once such technology is sent uh, to North Korea, Russia will lose control over it. North Koreans are known for their wonderful habit of reselling aid they receive, have received from other countries, and they don't see why it's going to be an ex uh, uh, this not, not going to be the case. So they not, will not merely build something for themselves; they will happily uh, resell it. They sell this technology to everybody who needs a nice missile technology. And there are many countries in the world. And these countries will pay to North Korea, not to Russia. But I'm pretty sure that the Russian side understands this very well. And all this stuff, all this, you know, decision to have um, the meeting at the space launch facility, all this highly publicized visits to the military factory, everything, for me, it looks like a political show. Partially, as Andrei has said, directed at the United States as a reminder that if Americans are too active, say, in Eastern Europe, Russia will be able to create trouble for the United States in East Asia. However, I would, I would, believe, I would say that the major target is South Korea, not Washington, but Seoul. Why? Uh, there are, have been talks about possible sales of uh, shipment of the South Korean ammunition to Ukraine. And why North Korea? Tell you, tell what you like. But North Korea is a tiny country with population of less than 25 million. They claim 25. It's probably really less, and is seriously underdeveloped ec economy. You know, their own official data is that their per capita GDP is $1,300. It's not CIA estimate, it's own North Korean estimate provided to the UN. They cannot produce much ammunition. Right. South Korea can. And Russia has good reasons to make sure that ammunition would right. not arrive to Ukraine. South right. Korean ammunition. All right, let's give Jenny a... Yeah, you see? You made, you made the point. Let's give Jenny a, an opportunity to come back in on this one. Are we making too much of a big deal about this idea of uh, transfer of artillery? Some would point out the point which Andre's making about their production capacity and also the transfer capacity. So, so there's a couple of points here. Um, during the trip, there was no talk about missile technologies, just to be clear. It wasn't that Russia was demonstrating it was willing to cooperate and, and talk about technology transfer on missile technologies. It was really focused on um, rockets and, you know, potentially satellites. There has been, you know, this other tour of an aircraft factory. Um, so, you know, I, I agree with um, with Andre in the sense that, you know, we're not talking missile transfer of missile technology, and I doubt that we'll see ever transfers of whole missile systems or anything like that. Um, but I do think there's a strong signal here that the North, that the Russians are willing to work with North Korea even on sanctioned technologies, um, including, you know, satellites and and um, and rockets. Um, that will help advance North Korea's capabilities more quickly um, than what they're achieving on their own. And they have had great success on their own as well. But there are things that they can learn from that will help them accelerate their progress. 
In terms of their production capabilities, you know, again, this is very unclear of what Russia is even asking from uh, North Korea, if it's just stockpiles or if it is to actually produce more munitions. And I think there is a recognition that if they do want more um, ammunitions and, and actual factories, there are other things that Russia can do to help provide the kind of resources that are needed in order for that military industry to um, to pick up that uh, to pick up that task. All right, you made a point there, Jenny, which I want to take to our guest in Moscow, Andrei Baklanov. Do you agree with that? Uh, I think Jenny was saying there that she sees a sign that Russia would be willing to work with North Korea on some of the sanctioned technologies. Do you agree with that? Is Russia going to ignore some of the transfer and transfer uh, some of the sanctions, rather, transfer perhaps weapons well, and technology to North Korea that would undermine the Western sanctions regime and attempt to isolate North Korea? Well, I agree that uh, there is uh, quite a vivid new element as far as the sanctions policy uh, aimed against uh, North Korea is concerned. Uh, there is a big tendency in Moscow, and many of our observers and military specials are saying that uh, uh, we must terminate, terminate completely our participations in, in the practice of sanctions against North Korea, uh, because we fed up with these uh, sanctions uh, uh, at, uh, in general, in general, uh, and uh, in North Korea too. Uh, I do not think that we will proclaim this policy, but in real terms, uh, we will ignore it more and more uh, due to the development of the situation. Uh, please take into consideration that uh, we are now at the very specific juncture. We are at, at real war against the collective West, as uh, in Moscow they call it. Uh, so uh, all additional opportunities for us to have more opportunities in this war we are waging against the West, uh, this is a very, uh, very, uh, you know, significant and uh, useful uh, additional facility. So North Korea is uh, also among uh, those new elements uh, to be uh, you know, as a plus uh, for the present-day opportunities we have in waging this war. OK, those are interesting points. First of all, briefly, Jenny, what's the bottom line here? Is this increasing or intensification of relations between Russia and North Korea, does it at all represent anything of a game-changer for the war in Ukraine? What's the bottom line there? I don't believe it does. Um, again, what, what North Korea can offer can maybe help prolong North Korea, or Russia's warfighting ability, but this is not game-changing technologies here that we're talking about or in game-changing numbers. OK, Andre, in Seoul in South Korea, does it at all make North Korea at least something of a more central player in the Ukrainian conflict from the, from the North Korean perspective? Does it up their diplomatic standing? No, no. They can fancy it if they want, uh, but it's a rather marginal change. Uh, its impact on the Ukrainian situation, whether it will be North Korean ammunition or absence of South Korean ammunition or presence of South Korean ammunition, not going to seriously and influence the eventual outcome of the conflict. All right. Andrei... In Moscow, is this at all changing or impacting then the global and regional balance of power? Is Russia building a stronger anti-Western alliance? Uh, 
through visits like this? I see a certain case, a certain case of contention between all the participants in this our program that perhaps mainly it will change the balance or could change in certain aspects the balance of power in the Far East and in general. But as far as the Ukrainian story is concerned, I doubt that uh, there will be some uh, immediate reaction or immediate help or assistance uh, from, from the part of North Korea. And uh, uh, today, uh, our president, uh, uh, when he was answering uh, the relevant question, he said that we do not need it uh, because we have already uh, three, uh, 300,000 persons, Russian persons, that said that they are willing to join the military company. So we don't need any additional uh, help from from the part of North Korea in personnel or anything else. And also, well, uh, we must not exaggerate the opportunity and the possibility of the North Korea to uh, feed us uh, with ammunition. We have enough. We have 24 hours a day uh, military uh, military Andrei, production allow going me to, on. Allow me to present you with the, the counter-narrative, which is that Russia has been seeking arms from other countries, even countries like Iran. Why would we believe that Russia has the factories working 24 hours a day to produce everything it needs for the Ukraine war? Well, uh, if there will be some additional opportunity, OK. Uh, but we are speaking about major and not major factor. Uh, it, it will be not uh, a, a major factor if North Korea will send something. It will not change the situation. So additional help uh, is useful. But uh, uh, it's not the main element we are dealing with uh, the present day uh, negotiation with the North Korea leaders. There is something else, much more significant, uh, dealing with our balance of power vis-a-vis -vis the United States of America. All right, Jenny, um, Andre in Moscow mentioned an interesting point about the changing of balance of power in the Far East. And I'm wondering, would stronger ties between Russia and North Korea mean Pyongyang is now not so reliant on China? This is, of course, assuming that North Korea gets something of a goodie bag out of Moscow. Well, you know, it, it's not a—I don't think it's, black, it's that black and white, you know, North Korea has its own relations that's going on with China. China was the first ambassador invited back, foreign ambassador invited back to Pyongyang. Um, it is definitely cultivating that relationship as well. We don't see a real trilateral, um, you know, we don't see the kind of trilateral alliance forming in the way that it is U.S., South Korea, Japan as of yet. Um, but, you know, in the last uh, parade, in the last major political parade and, and military parade in uh, North Korea, you did have Russian representatives and Chinese representatives there. Um, so you do see, you know, a greater alignment, um, as, as Andre in Moscow talked about, of, of, you know, China, North Korea and Russia against the West and especially against the U.S., um, you know, led uh, uh, security block in the region. Um, and this is going to exacerbate that. But again, these are all trends that we've been seeing already. Um, it's accelerating some of them. It's taking into the next level, but it's not necessarily a new development in the region, um, but one that we probably, I, I think a lot of people haven't been paying enough attention to, 
Um, and now this is the reality of where we are. So just briefly, going back to Andrei Maklanov in Moscow, when you were talking about the changing of balance of power in the Far East, what are you referring to? Are we talking about North Korea's power or are we talking about the balance of power between Russia and the US in the Far East? Uh, actually, uh, uh, we are thinking about Far East in, se in several angles, in several angles. Uh, first of all, uh, Far East is very near to the territory of the United States uh, of America. Uh, so we are thinking about of, uh, making uh, additional serious uh, danger for the territory of the United States of America, just for the Americans to feel what we are feeling when they are speaking about their rockets on the territory of European countries that are several hundred kilometers uh, to our capital. Uh, That's so, really interesting, uh, well, Andre. Forgive uh, me for, for jumping in, but does that mean then, yeah. do you think that Russia will really help North Korea to develop its rockets, its, um, its missile capabilities? I mean, is it even in Russia's interest yes, to have yeah, another well, nuclear not? power and, on its border? Yeah, yes, we think so. This is an absolutely new element, which was not one year ago or two years ago or even two months ago. After these talks, we are thinking about this opportunity. This is absolutely a new element in the development of the affairs. Yes, they will constitute some additional danger to the territory of the United States of America. And in this juncture, in this juncture, and this uh, moment when we have so, so bad military and political relations with the UN, we will applaud uh, to this additional danger uh, to our clear-cut uh, mm. enemy, uh, as we term now, uh, America. It will be all right for us. It's, it will be in our interest. Very interesting. Let's go to Andre, though, in Seoul, and ask the question, how would China view this, this deepening of relations between Russia and North Korea, and perhaps if what Andre is predicting there, that Russia might enhance North Korea's missile, rocket uh, uh, capability, how will Beijing view that? I believe if Russia is really going to do it, Mr. Comrade Xi Jinping will take the phone, call President Putin and say, Mr. Putin, don't do it. Otherwise, you will have serious problems with your oil sale and your revenues. And Mr. Putin said, yes, Comrade Xi Jinping, I will not do it. I'm talking about the idea about... So you, you don't think it's going to happen? Uh, ...North Korea with missile. Yes, because China will not tolerate ex ex uh, active support for developing of the missile and nuclear potential in South uh, North Korea. Personally, however, fortunately, I believe that all this talks about Russia being able of putting, you know, giving technology is basically a kind of bluff, which is healthy bluff, uh, to put additional pressure on the United States. Once it happens, China will stop it because of a very simple reason. China does not want proliferation of nuclear technology. China does not trust North Korea. China knows that North Korea cannot be controlled. And China would be far more happy with North Korea stable, but quiet. And the level of control of China, economic control, leverage over North Korea and Russia is enough to stop anything like that should it ever happen. But they believe it's not going to happen anyway.
All right, it's been a fascinating discussion, and it could go on for a lot longer, but I'm afraid time is out, so we're going to have to thank our guests, Jenny in Washington, D.C., Andre Lankov in Seoul, and Andre Baklanov in Moscow. Thank you all for joining us. This episode was produced by Mohamed Al-Aishi, Abdurrahman Celik, Ben Clark, and Jimmy Getahan. Studio sound was by Fadzil Yahya. The program was edited by Anir Van Sarkar, Linen Gien, Vanessa Connealy, and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. Tune in on Saturday for our next episode. Thank you.